after Nuh those people who were saved with him, from their descendants came the nation of Ad. Allah says, وَإِلَىٰ عَادٍ And to the people of Ad. Ad was the name of a man from the descendants of Nuh And this man Ad, his children, their children, so basically his descendants, they came to be known as the people of Ad. And the people of Ad, they used to live in Al-Ahqaf. Ahqaf. And Ahqaf is a place in Yemen. And these people, now remember, we're talking about very early human history. Very early human history. So Adam soon after him, Nuh it is said there was a time period of about a thousand years between Adam and Nuh And after him, who came? The people of Ad. Alright? So these people were of very strong built. They were very tall and huge, very strong, mighty people, very powerful. So to the people of Ad, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Akhahum, their brother. Which brother? Hudan, Hud alayhi salam. Akha, Akh. Who is Akh? Brother. Brotherhood is of many kinds. One is brotherhood through blood. Through blood. That two people are the children of the same mother or the same father or the same father and mother. So they share their blood. This is why they're brothers. Brotherhood is also because of belonging to the same or having the same lineage. So if a person belongs to a particular tribe, a particular great family, then he is called their brother. So for instance, if a person belonged to a particular tribe, the Arabs would call him the brother of that tribe because he was one of them. Now everyone of that tribe is not literally your brother. They could be your distant cousins and relatives. But because you belong to the same tribe, you are understood as their brother. Hmm? Like for example, in certain families, okay, larger families, what happens is that people marry only within their families. Okay, So what happens is that everyone is related to everyone through some way or the other. Like for example, one of my relatives, they are from a particular, not tribe, because in Pakistan you don't use the word tribe, but you can understand it as tribe, okay? So anyway, and they met someone at Al-Huda who was also from that particular big family. And then they're like, do you know so-and-so? And do you know so-and-so? Like, yeah, yeah, I know so-and-so. They're my great-grandfather's so-and-so-and-so. So they were basically related through some kind of relationship, and they figured out how they were related, but they were related. And it's amazing, sometimes you'll find people, you know, from different parts of the world, or they meet at in a different country, and they find out that they are related. Hmm? So, if Arabs came across a person like that, they would say that he is the brother of such and such tribe, because he shared their lineage. Right? Another kind of brotherhood is the brotherhood of religion. So if a person has the same religion, then what happens? They're called the brother or the sister. Right? Like for example, we have the bond of sisterhood. Are we actually sisters? I mean, do we have the same mothers? The same grandmothers? Not necessarily. But we still call ourselves what? Sisters. Because this is 
Alright? So, وَإِلَىٰ عَادٍ أَخَاهُمْ هُدَىٰ Hud a.s. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls him the brother of Ad. Why? Because he was from their tribe. Not because they shared the same religion. But because this was أُخُوَ فِي nasab. Okay? He had the same lineage. قَالَ He said, يَا قَوْمِ O my people, أُعْبُدُ اللَّهَ Worship Allah. Because مَا لَكُمْ Not for you. مِنْ إِلَاهٍ Any God غَيْرُهُ Other than him. You don't have any God besides Allah. He is your only Lord. He is the one who created you. He is the one who sent you. And He is the one whom you're going back to. So worship only Him. أَفَلَا تَتَّقُونَ Do you not then fear? Don't you fear Allah? That if you're worshiping others besides Him, you think Allah would accept that? Have fear of Allah. أَفَلَا تَتَّقُونَ قَالَ الْمَلَأ The leaders, the elite, the chiefs, they said, which mala alladina kafaru? Those who disbelieved min qawmihi from his people. So the mala, the leaders who were the disbelievers from his people, they said, Inna indeed we lanaraka. Surely we see you, Uhud fi safaha, in foolishness. The people of Nuh a.s. What did they say? We see you in dalala. The people of Hud a.s. What did they say? We see you in. We see you in. Safaha. What is safaha? Foolishness, stupidity, that when a person is not using their intellect or they're not smart enough. So, as if they're saying, what's wrong with you? Have you gone crazy? Use your mind. What are you saying? Think about what you're saying. And many times it happens that you're made to feel dumb. When you say something from the Quran, from the Sunnah, people look down on you as if you have no intellect. If you go in front of someone wearing the hijab, they think you don't know English. Right? They think you don't know English. Like a friend of mine was telling me recently that they moved to a particular place where you don't find any Muslims. And you know, whenever she goes to any public place, people ask if she needs a translator. And she's like, no, I was born and raised in Canada. Right? And people are surprised. What? You know how to speak in English? So, I mean, there are different reasons as to why they would assume that. But it happens many times that people who have a religious appearance, people think they're dumb. They don't know anything. They've never been to school. They don't know this world. They don't understand what we go through. They don't know what money is. They don't know what fashion is. They don't know what movies are. They don't know anything. Hmm? So they said, إِنَّا لَنَرَاكَ فِي سَفَاهَ Have you ever felt like that? Yeah? Oh yeah, many times. Like for example, it'll happen with you that you have a perfect resume. If you apply for a job, you should technically get it because you know your resume shows that you are perfectly capable. But as soon as they see your hijab, no way. Yes. in the ESL class and I just went to her and I, I asked her why you sent her in the ESL class she said because in Pakistan might be they're not having English medium schools I said you know in Pakistan there are like about 80% schools are English medium school and I was teaching I was working as a principal in the school as well and you know uh, she said no but we, this is our criteria and then she put her when now mashallah she is in IBT school she appeared in the test of mathematics and English and then I went back to the teacher you know like after like 6 months you know, you put her in a, in, she kept her for three months. You know, I really felt very bad. 
you know yes. then i went to her and i said to her mm-hmm. look you put her in and she is the only student of her class who, who was selected for ibt mashallah alhamdulillah so they said inna lanaraka fi safaha we see you in foolishness and many times it will happen with you that you go to like a wedding or something a gathering and you have a hijab on or you get up to pray and because of your hijab other people won't even look at you like there are some people who won't even look at you as if you are nothing as if you don't even exist there and it's sad that many times you'll find this behavior even amongst muslims that someone who is more serious about their deen people think that they know nothing they're total losers this is why my dear sisters when you go to school with your hijab on you better study really hard really hard you better do all of your assignments on time you better be you know the good smart student so that people know that girls who wear hijab are not dumb in fact they are much smarter really because when you go to school when you go to work you're not just you you are a muslima who is representing the deen so what you do will definitely affect how people will look at the deen So they said we see you as a foolish person wa inna and indeed we lanadhunnuka shorty we think of you min al-kadhibin from the liars meaning we think that you are a liar we think you've lost your mind and we think that you're lying actually Allah never sent you as a messenger who there is Sam he gave a beautiful response qala he said ya qaumi o my people laysa bi safaha laysa it is not be with me safaha foolishness meaning i'm not foolish i haven't gone mad I'm not crazy and you know that. Many times it happens that people they accuse you of something or they blame you of something. And many times how we defend ourselves is that we put the same accusation on them. Like if someone calls us stupid, we say no no, you're stupid. No, you don't need to say that. You can just say alhamdulillah I'm not stupid. Alhamdulillah I am perfectly sane. Alhamdulillah I have a brain inside. like for example this friend of mine you know whenever she goes somewhere people find it very odd that she knows english one is that she could say oh you don't know my language so you're dumber than i am you think i'm dumb you must be dumb because you don't know my language but the other is you just say a nice answer with a smile on your face i was born and raised in canada and the other person will know okay fine so remember that whenever you are you know clarifying your image before people it doesn't mean that you have to put them down don't put them down because this is not what a nasih does a messenger was nasih sincere well wishing he wants the best for the people and when he's conveying he doesn't embarrass them he doesn't put them down because if you hurt someone's feelings then they're not going to listen to you at all he said walakinni but i rasulun a messenger mir rabbil alamin from the lord of the worlds i'm a messenger from the lord of the worlds who created everything he is the lord and king of all things he is the one who has sent me uballighukum i convey to you risalat messages rabbi of my lord wa ana lakum and i am to you nasihun well wisher amin trustworthy nasih we studied earlier but another quality of the prophets of allah is mentioned here and what is that amin amin is from amana hamza mim nun what is amana trustworthiness that if you are given something to keep then you take care of it and you give it back so people find you reliable 
People find you reliable. They don't feel threatened when they're dealing with you, when they are around you. You are trustworthy. If they tell you something, they know they will get an honest response from you. So he said, I am Amin, meaning I am conveying the message exactly as it was given to me. I'm not changing it. I'm not mixing it up with anything. No, I am Amin. I am trustworthy. And the prophets of Allah, they were known to be trustworthy people even before they received prophethood. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wasn't he called As-Sadiq wal-Amin? Wasn't he called As-Sadiq wal-Amin? Yes. People trusted him. So he said, I am Amin. So when you know me as Amin, that I'm not going to lie about any person, you think I'm going to lie about Allah? I won't do that. So this shows that the person who is representing the religion of Allah, conveying the message of the deen, they better have a good reputation with others. A good reputation, what does it mean? Honest, trustworthy, not rude, but polite. Because then what you say will actually have an effect. Many times it happens that young women, young sisters, they you know, have a lot of problems with their parents when it comes to wearing hijab or you know, studying something, anything. Anything of the deen, their parents don't agree with them. And what happens? The parents don't want to support them in what they're doing. Why is it so? You know why? Majority of the time it's because you've always been a rebellious child. You've always been that daughter who doesn't listen to mom and dad. Many times. I'm not saying it's always the case, but many times it happens with sisters that they disobey their parents in other matters. So their parents don't want to support them. And they look at hijab as a form of rebellion. Yes. Um, I was actually listening to the seerah by Yasir Qadi uh, last week on Friday and he mentioned that as Muslim, the first thing we need to do is to get into the society and help out the society so we can build that characteristic that people trust us yes. and that people look at us as a better human being. And then we can approach people by saying that, yes, I'm now trustworthy and you look at me as a trustworthy person and I'm a Muslim. So that they get both like a good image of how you are and then you are Muslim so they understand Islam as a better like religion. Yes. Because... It's true that when somebody's studying you something, you shouldn't just look at who they are, you should focus on the message, but you can't completely ignore that person, right? I mean, their personality, their characteristics, their traits, I mean, you do evaluate them based on their characteristics. You will listen to someone, you will believe in them if what they say is true, right? You will support someone if you know that they will do their work. Like for example you know, Muslims in a particular school, if they have a good reputation of coming to class on time, of doing their work, not skipping class, then if those Muslims ask their teacher, can we please be allowed to go pray? Seven minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, we'll be back. Then will the teacher allow? Yes. But if those students have a reputation of skipping class, of making excuses of going to the washroom and hanging out in the cafeteria, then will the teacher allow? No. The stories, inshallah, that we will learn today, remember that these people did believe in Allah. But at the same time, they also worshipped other gods. Or they had many ills in them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent prophets to reform their beliefs and their actions. Alright? He said, أَوَعَجِبْتُمْ 
do wa and ajibtum you are amazed you wondered meaning do you then wonder are you amazed why do you wonder why are you surprised and ja'akum that it came to you dhikrun a message mir rabbikum from your lord ala rajulin minkum on a man from you liunzirakum because at the end of the day that man what is he doing he's warning you وَذْكُرُوا And all of you remember إِذْ جَعَلَكُمْ When He made you خُلَفَاءَ Successors Remember when Allah made you successors Plural of Khalifa Who is Khalifa? One who succeeds the other So there were people who lived before you They're gone And now Allah is letting you live He made you successors مِنْ بَعْدِ After قَوْمِ نُوح People of Nuh Allah has allowed you to live, made you live on the earth after the people of Nuh were annihilated. وَزَّادَكُمْ And He increased you fil الْخَلْقِ In the creation. بَسْطَ Amply, in abundance. Meaning, in your physical form, خَلْق, in your body, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increased you in بَسْطَ What does بَسْطَ mean? It's from the root letters, بَاسِيَنْ طَ We have done this word earlier in Surah Al-Baqarah. Hmm? Talut, Jalut, remember their story? Basta basically means abundance, vastness, expanse. Okay? So He has increased you abundantly in what? In your strength, in your height, in your physical power, in your might. Compared to other people, you are exceptionally taller, stronger, more handsome. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made you like that. What is it true? That a person's physical form, if it's good, if it's exceptionally different, then that is a favor from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not just your genetics. It's your genetics obviously, but who gave you those and not others? Who gave you those genes and not others? Allah. He chose those genes for you. He made you in this form. So He reminds them that look, Allah is the one who made you strong. And because of this physical strength, you have power, you have authority in the land today, and you construct great towers, great buildings. All this power came from who? Allah. So He says, فَذْكُرُوا So all of you remember, أَلَىٰ Allah, Favors of Allah. لَعَلَّكُمْ So that you, تُفْلِحُونَ You are successful. أَلَىٰ is the plural of إِلْيُنْ أَلِفْ لَامْ يَا And... Blessings, this is what the word means. But what kind of blessings are these? Allah are such blessings that fulfill your needs. That fulfill your needs. So you really need them. You can't survive without them. And there are such blessings which are bestowed upon a person time after time. Time after time. So that he is not deprived of his basic needs. Like for example, those people who work, every month, Allah blesses you with a paycheck. Yes, you worked for it. But there are many people who don't get paid for the work that they do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala got you paid, and with that money, you're able to fulfill your needs. And all of your money doesn't just come to you at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, in the middle of the year, that for example, your boss just gives you $50,000 at the beginning of the year, this is your salary. If you were given $50,000 in one day, then what would you do? You would go buy a car for $35,000, right? And the little bit that you have left, you spend it on some jewelry, on some artwork, on some furniture, and then three months down, you don't have any food. 
You're in debt. So what happens? Money is spread out. Correct? It is spread out. Think about it. If you were to count the amount of money that you have used till today, that you have spent till today, could have been a lot. Right? It could be in thousands. For some it could be in hundreds of thousands. Right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spread that out for you. Gave it to you over time. So that all that money would fulfill your needs every day, every year, every week, so on and so forth. So he said to them, remember the blessings of Allah that fulfill your needs without which you wouldn't be able to survive. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ So that you can be successful. What do we see here? He's telling them, remember Allah's blessings so that you can be successful. Be grateful so that you can be successful. What does it show? Gratitude leads to? Gratitude leads to? Success. Thankfulness leads to? Success. And the opposite of that would be? Ingratitude leads to? Failure. So my question to you is, how does gratitude lead to success? Tell the person sitting next to you. How do you think gratitude leads to success? Okay, so if you got an answer that makes sense, please share with the rest of us. If you got an answer that makes sense, raise your hand. Yes? Loudly. I know you can talk really loud. So if you're grateful for something, then you will value what you have. When you will value what you have, even if it's little, even if it's not a lot, then what will happen? You will use it. When you will use it, you'll benefit from it, then obviously you're going to be successful. And when you're not grateful, then you don't value what you've been given. So what happens? You start making excuses. Oh yeah, I have a car, but it doesn't work properly. The air conditioning doesn't work. The heating doesn't work. I don't have heated seats, so I can't go out in the cold. I can't go to this class. I can't do this. I can't do that. Then what happens? Ingratitude leads to making excuses. When you make excuses, then you've basically signed up for failure. Yes? Yes. That when you're grateful, what does Allah say? لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ I will give you more. When Allah will give you more, then what will happen? You're successful. You have more opportunities. You have more resources. You can do much more. And ultimately, reach success. So he said, remember Allah's blessing so that you can be successful. Write this ayah. Write this part of the ayah down for yourself and post it in front of the place where you study, where you work, whatever, so that it's a constant reminder. I want to be successful at my work, at school. And I have to be grateful for what I have. Gratitude means looking at you know, what you have. So being positive, having a positive mindset, a positive outlook. And that makes you productive. That makes you use what you have. And ingratitude makes you negative, pessimistic. So you can't do much. So he said, remember Allah's blessing so that you can be successful. قَالُوا They said, أَجِئْتَنَا Have you come to us? لِنَعْبُدَ So we worship Allah, Allah, وَحْدَهُ Him alone. 
This is what you're telling us? That we should worship only Allah? They couldn't accept this. That how can we leave our idols? وَنَذَرَ And we leave from وَوْذَلْرَ مَا that which كَانَ He used to يَعْبُدُ He worshipped Abauna, our forefathers, you want us to worship only Allah and leave all these idols that our forefathers used to worship? Fatina, so come to us, bima, with that which ta'iduna, you threaten us. Ta'idu from wa'u'aindal, wa'id. Wa'id means threat. Bring us what you threaten us with. In kunta min as-sadiqeen, if you are of those who are truthful. Now remember that Nuh alayhi salam, at his time, all the idolaters, they were finished. The only people who survived were who? The people of Tawheed, the people who worshipped Allah alone. But did shaitan leave them? No. He came after them. And soon, what happened? Shirk began in their descendants. And we see that it went on for many generations. Because the people of Ad, what are they saying over here? That you're telling us to leave what our forefathers used to worship. Shaitan didn't leave them. He went after them as well. And they were so firm on it. They said, we're not leaving this idolatry. You, O Hud, you threaten us with some punishment from Allah. Okay, bring it to us if you're truthful. We're not going to change our ways. The same problem the people of Makkah had. They believed in Allah, but they did not want to leave the worship of idols. They did not want to leave their culture, their lifestyle. Because like we discussed earlier, religion dictates everything in your life. So they didn't want to leave that. They were too comfortable and happy in those ways. And many times it happens with us as well. That we've always done something. Our families, they've had certain traditions and we learned that they contradict the religion of Allah. But we don't want to leave it. We don't want to leave it. Because what will people say? And how can I miss out on this? Everyone does this. How could I not do it? The same excuse these people presented. And they said, bring us a punishment. We don't care. Look at how daring they became. The people of Makkah also said the same thing. That, oh Allah, if this is the truth from you, then send on us, فَأَمْطِرْ عَلَيْنَا حِجَارَةً مِنَ السَّمَاءِ Send on us a shower of stones from the sky. Meaning destroy us. So that we will know that it's the truth. But how will you change your ways once you've been destroyed? He said, Hud said, Qad in fact, waqa'a. It happened, it fell. Waqa'a, wawqaf'ain. It is when something falls, when something happens, when something becomes necessary. Like when something is dropping, okay, is falling. Then definite, it is going to land somewhere. It's going to strike something. So qad waqa'a, it has become incumbent, it will definitely happen. Alaykum on you, mir rabbikum from your Lord, rijsun, filthy punishment, wa ghadab and anger. Meaning, the punishment and anger from your Lord has already befallen you. You're demanding punishment? It has already befallen you. How? That you don't accept the truth that is crystal clear. That you are firm on your wrong ways, even though you've been warned that it has serious consequences. You are already suffering from the punishment. Like for example, if a person is determined to kill themselves, and they keep threatening others, you know what, if you don't do this, I'm going to kill myself. If this doesn't happen, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to commit suicide. Then the life that they're living is already what? As if they're dead. 
they're not happy, they're not enjoying anything. They've already died before they have killed themselves. Because they're living with that mindset. So just like that, these people, they have already received the punishment of Allah even before the punishment has come. Because they don't see the truth that is right before them. He said, أَتُجَادِلُونَنِي Do you all dispute with me? Fee concerning asma names, سَمَّيْتُمُوهَا You all have named it. أَنْتُمْ يُوْ وَآبَاؤُكُمْ And your fathers. Meaning, you're not willing to leave your idols. But what is the reality of these idols, these false gods? Just names that you invented. I mean, if you call a mountain a particular name, or if you make an image of something and you give it a name, you say that, like for example, if there is a picture of a dog, and you say, this is a dog. It's only a picture. Is it actually a dog? Is it actually a dog? No. If you give it food, will it eat it? No. If you throw something, will it chase it? No. If you call it, will it come to you? Never. Then what is true about that picture? That it's only a picture, it's only a name. There's nothing true about it. There's nothing certain about it. So all these idols, you've just made them up yourself, you've given them names, and you and your forefathers, and you have invented this shirk, ma not nazzala, he sent down, Allahu Allah biha with it, min sultan, any authority, any proof. Allah has not given you any authority to do this. Who gave you the authority to make something and call it God? Who gave you the authority to make an image of God? Who? What proof do you have that this idol can help you? This idol can cure you? This idol can save you? What evidence do you have? So he said, فَانْتَظِرُوا So fine, wait. If you want the punishment, then okay, wait for it. Inni indeed I ma'akum with you min al-muntaleen from those who are waiting. Intadara yantaliru intizar fahuwa muntalir. What does it mean? To wait. Wait and expect something. So, okay, let's wait for the punishment. So what happened then? Allah sent the punishment. Fa'anjaynahu. So we saved him. Who? Hud alayhi salam. Walladina ma'ahu and those who were with him, meaning those who believed in him. Those who responded to him, only those people were saved. Birahmatin with mercy minna from us. Special mercy from us. This is why they were saved. Waqata'na and we cut off Dabir root. Dabir Dal Ba What does it mean? The root, the end part of something. So the last of them was also finished. They were completely annihilated. So that the people of Ad did not live on. Their houses were there, but the people were not there. وَقَطَعْنَا دَابِرُ We cut off the root of الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا Of those people who denied بِآيَاتِنَا with our verses. وَمَا كَانُوا مُؤْمِنِينَ And they were not believers. So at the end, who is it that survived? Those who believed. In the Quran, Surah Al-Haqqah, Ayah 6-8, we learn, وَأَمَّا عَادٌ فَأُهْلِكُوا بِرِيحٍ صَرْصَرٍ عَاتِيَةٍ as for Ad, they were destroyed by a screaming, violent wind, which Allah imposed upon them for seven nights and eight days in succession. Imagine there were people of such strong built, and how were they punished? How were they finished? With a strong wind. So what happened? It continuously blew for seven nights, eight days in succession. Allah says, so you would see the people there in fallen, as if they were hollow trunks of palm trees. Hollow trunks of palm trees. It was like trees were fallen on the ground when they were lying dead. 
Allah says, وَمَا كَانُوا مُؤْمِنِينَ They were not believers at all. So what do we see in these verses? That when the truth comes, one is that a person accepts it, changes his ways. Like we learned earlier, one type of land that is tayyib, what does it do? It produces a lot of good. And the other reaction is what? That a person finds faults in it. He says, this is dalala, this is safaha, this is kadhib, it doesn't make sense to me. How can we leave the ways of our forefathers? How can we go against the entire society? Then what happens? Such land, it doesn't produce anything. Hardly anything. No iman. So when there is no iman, then such people, they don't have the right to live with the blessings of Allah. Then a time comes that Allah takes away those blessings from them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from becoming such people. Recitation. وَإِلَىٰ عَادٍ أَخَاهُمْ هُودًا قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ اعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرُهُ أَفَلَا تَتَّقُونَ قَالَ الْمَلَأُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ قَوْمِهِ إِنَّا لَنَرَاكَ فِي سَفَاهَةٍ إِنَّا لَنَرَاكَ فِي سَفَاهَةٍ وَإِنَّا لَنَظُنُّكَ مِنَ الْكَاذِبِينَ قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ لَيْسَ بِي سَفَاهَةٌ وَلَكِنِّي رَسُولٌ مِّن رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ أُبَلِّغُكُمْ رِسَالَاتِ رَبِّي وَأَنَا لَكُمْ نَاصِحٌ أَمِينٌ أَوَعَجِبْتُمْ أَن جَاءَكُمْ ذِكْرٌ مِّن رَّبِّكُمْ عَلَىٰ رَجُلٍ مِّنكُمْ لِيُنذِرَكُمْ وَاذْكُرُوا إِذْ جَعَلَكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ مِن بَعْدِ قَوْمِ نُوحٍ وَزَادَكُمْ فِي الْخَلْقِ بَسْطَةً فَذْكُرُوا آلَاءَ اللَّهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ قَالُوا أَجِئْتَنَا لِنَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ وَحْدَهُ وَنَذَرَ مَا كَانَ يَعْبُدُ آبَاؤُنَا فَأْتِنَا بِمَا تَعِدُنَا إِنْكُمْ تَمِنَ الصَّادِقِينَ قَالَ قَدْ وَقَعَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ رِجْسٌ وَغَضَبٌ أَتُجَادِلُونَنِي فِي أَسْمَاءٍ سَمَّيْتُمُوهَا سَمَّيْتُمُوهَا أَنْتُمْ وَآبَاؤُكُمْ مَا نَزَّلَ اللَّهُ بِهَا مِنْ سُلْطَانٍ فَانْتَظِرُوا إِنِّي مَعَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُنْتَظِرِينَ فَأَنْجَيْنَاهُ وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُ بِرَحْمَةٍ مِنْ 